right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Crew. And this time we're here with Ken Calhoun, a very special makeup artist that has worked in the industry for quite some time. And uh, really glad to have you here on the show. And thanks for uh, being part of it during this global pandemic. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, well, thank you for having me on, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really good to... Um, you know, we, we met on a, uh, a site on Facebook that's kind of a, a place for a crew to, to, to connect or, you know, a kind of a job board. And, a, and I, a, what, a, what a great setting to like kind of, kind of meet because, you know, I really am excited to learn more about you. And I've seen some of the, like, uh, the credits that you have from, um, you know, just working on Jurassic uh, World to Shape of Water. Yeah. And then I noticed you did like Human Centipede three. <laughs> that was that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite films that I've ever worked on. Whenever anybody asks me, like, "What's your favorite?" You know, name some of your favorite movies. It's like, oh, I like Avengers: Endgame was good. Shape of Water was good, but number one is Human Centipede three. I had the most fun working on Human. Centipede. I can only imagine as a makeup artist, like reading that script, being like, "All right, let's talk approach." <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, it was so much fun. I had I had a blast. Oh, it's so cool. That was great. Oh, uh, that's, uh, I definitely want to hear about that. But, I, you know, I guess getting into it, I'd love to kind of hear sort of how you got started and kind of like get up to speed on just a little bit about your, your background, your, your career and kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I got, I don't know the exact time. Like I can't remember a, a time in my life where I wasn't obsessed with monsters and and things that had makeup or things in it like my earliest memories are watching like Godzilla movies and the classic universal monsters and and like Ray Harryhausen stop motion I was really into like stop motion yeah. movies growing up and uh yeah I don't remember a time when I wasn't obsessed with that kind of stuff and uh yeah it just kind of like followed me you know ever since I was a kid just drawing monsters and vampires and stuff like that on the side of my notebooks and then I took a trip when I was 14 years old, I believe. I, I'm originally from Seattle, Washington. Okay. And uh, I have family that's in Mexico. And so my family, we took a trip down to visit my family in Mexico. But while we were down in Mexico, we, we ended up uh, staying in uh, Los Angeles. So that would be good to like Disneyland and do all like the touristy stuff in California. And we took a trip to Universal Studios and there was a they don't have it anymore but there used to be a show called the monster factory uh -huh. or the creature factory or something i think that's what it was called but they would show like behind the scenes of making of um like all the horror movies that they did and once i saw that it was like something switched to my brain i'm like oh my god i can i can do this for a job because i had always been obsessed with like monsters and, and and special effects and things like that but i didn't know that was like a real job i just kind of liked it and that was kind of yeah I, you never really thought about like the doing it as a job no totally i mean i was 14 years old so i was just like you know when i saw that it just completely changed everything and then the next day we took a trip on uh we took a trip and visited sunset and i saw that there was a makeup school that was down the down the way so i'm like okay not only can i like do this as a job there's a school that i can go to that will teach me how to do all this stuff um, so that's pretty much like where I started. And then after that point, I, I went back home and at 14 years old, just started, you know, uh, doing makeup on my girlfriend, um, now fiance. Um, oh, wow. And I was, yeah, we've been together since, yeah, she was my first victim and she still is. She still <laughs> does makeups and stuff on her all the time. But yeah, so cool. um, yeah, when I was 14, started like, you know, she bought me my first makeup kit. 
And I started doing makeups and practicing on her every day after school. And it just kind of kept going and kept going until eventually I moved to Los Angeles. Did you makeup or was it more of uh, trying to create certain looks? Uh, When I first started, it was all special effects. That's all that I wanted to do was like really cool makeup effects. My big, my biggest influence, influences at the time were uh, makeup artists by the name of Steve Johnson, who did movies like uh, Big Trouble Little, uh, Big Trouble Little China, uh, Dead Heat uh the abyss and then stan winston who yeah. did jurassic park Pumpkinhead, terminator predator and so those were my really big influences but mm-hmm. the very first one that i ever had was tom savini and he did friday 13 oh yeah and you know all the splatter movies so i was trying to emulate tom as best as i could so i was always doing like slit throat gags on my girlfriend and arrows through the eye and burn makeups and things like that um on my girlfriend it was just special effects and then later on as I, I i matured as a makeup artist i realized that i wanted to not just be a special effects makeup artist but i just wanted to be a makeup artist in general so i could do special effects i could do prosthetics i could do wounds i could do creatures but also do beauty makeups and, and corrective makeups and things like that as well got it and and so do you uh do you currently uh still do like um i guess you're, you're still doing prosthetics and still doing um special effects but is it more just pure makeup now or um usually what happens now because usually when you go on a on a set for what i've experienced is that when i would used to get hired as a makeup artist i would get hired to do the special effects and that was it and they would hire a additional makeup artist to handle the 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 beauty makeups or the corrective makeups the camera ready makeups they would hire a different makeup artist to do that and um I just kind of wanted to start learning more of that side of it. So now whenever I get called, usually it'll be, hey, we have this, uh, I did a job not that long ago. And I got called, hey, we have this uh, effect where this guy gets like glass all over his face, just a ton of glass in his face. And uh, it's going to be, you know, a special effects thing where he goes to a glass table and then we just want a bunch of glass all over his face. So I'm like, okay, cool. I, I show up, I brought my entire makeup kit with me. And as soon as I walk through the door, I get set up. They say, okay, so we have 15 extras coming in for a party look. And we have, you know, a bunch of girls <laughs> and have, like, ready, like this big elaborate makeup. So I'm like, oh, good thing that I know how to do that because that, start, that starts happening more and more and more is that productions want somebody that, they, that can do everything so that way they don't need to hire multiple people to do different jobs. You can hire one person that can handle the special effects but yeah. also can do hair and also can do beauty that's much more beneficial to production. So that's kind of what I'm focusing now is trying to be better at all every area because usually that's what ends up happening. I'll show up on set there to do a, a slit throat gag. Like, oh, can you do the can you do the the beauty makeup for the for the actress actress one and two? Oh yeah, yeah sure. So that's what I'm that's trying to focus funny, on now. That's kind of uh, how I started. Like I um I had a friend who was kind of a do it all. Yeah, uh, and it was so amazing. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like like what you're saying. It was just like it was just so overwhelming because every day it's like maybe we had an idea to bring in these three extras or background yeah. and like maybe run them through the chair. And, and then it's like became too overwhelming. And so now I kind of, my focus is like someone like you, like it's a do it all. I can, can do it yeah. all, make them like yeah. apartment head and say, all right, here's how much money we have. This is however you want to spend it with people or with materials mm-hmm. and then kind of focus it from top down. It's yeah, like a good way to grow within that. I feel like absolutely. I mean, for for me, my stand on being a makeup artist. There's a lot of different kinds of makeup artists. There are the makeup artists that are, you know, they are true true artists where it's their vision and they are gonna 
dig their heels in the sand to, to come across their vision and, you know, yeah. hats off to makeup artists that are like that. But I'm, I kind of see myself as much more of a production makeup artist. It's I'm being hired because I'm a tool in the arsenal to make a, a, a good product. I want to make a good product for the director and the writer and, and, and whoever is, you know, shelling out the money for it. I want to do the best job. Carry out the vision. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to make sure that they, the, the, the people who have hired me, they're happy with my work. So the more things I know how to do, if they come to me, I don't have to let them down. So that, Hey, Ken, can you do a beauty makeup? Oh no, that's somebody else's department. Like to me that I've let them down. And yeah. So I want to be as well-versed as I possibly can. So even if it's not the best in the world, like, Hey, Ken, we really need to like do a, a updo for, for what, for one of the actresses. Can you do an updo for her? Yeah, I can do that. I can do a little bit of hair. I can do that. So it's not, you know, production comes to me and then I say, no, like that's one thing that I really hate doing is telling somebody I can't do that. Or I didn't. Oh, I that, that, I, I that's like prepared. the worst when someone, I, I always say that I love, I love when someone like, will bring a, a solution, not a, not yeah. raise a problem. It's like, so, exactly. yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. what I try to be, try to be somebody that I know as much as I can. So that way at any time they ask me to do anything, I can say, yes, I can do that. Give me 10 minutes, give me five minutes and I can make that happen for you. That, that's my main focus is being making sure that I'm well-versed enough in every aspect. So that way, if it gets asked of me, I'm always prepared and I always have a solution to a problem that production might have. Oh my God. You sound like a, a blessing to the world. Do you do five-year contracts? Um, that's amazing. So do you, are you kind of like, so I saw you were at legacy effects. Are you work in there that are you part of that house full time exclusively? Or are you um, also, t- do you take jobs independently still or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Legacy was always very good to me. Um, they w- I would work at Legacy full time. I worked there for full time about five years. And while I was doing that, they were letting me take side jobs um, just to do makeups and stuff on set. Um, just, you know, projects that I thought were interesting or that I really wanted to be involved in. They were very kind to me for, for doing that. That's and awesome. then I, yeah, they were there. I had a great time working at Legacy. And then after that, I, I currently, I was currently before, before the T virus got released <laughs> into the world. Um, I was working at a, a shop called uh, Fusion Effects with a makeup artist uh, by the name of Steve Prouty, who's okay. very, very ac- accomplished. He did uh, the makeup for the movie Bad Grandpa with oh, Johnny wow. Knoxville. Yeah. yeah. Super, super talented makeup artist. He did the. Um, do, do you, have you seen the show uh, Atlanta? Do you of know course. that show? My oh, favorite shows. The, yeah, he did the Teddy Perkins makeup for, for that. Wow, the that Michael Jackson looking guy. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, that yeah. was the best episode I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was really good. I'd never seen the show, and then I saw that. I was like, "Whoa, this is and it's completely different than every other episode." So was like, that was a really heavy episode. It was. It was yeah. really good. But yeah, he did all he did all the makeup for for that. So wow. he's a very very skilled makeup artist, and I learned a lot working from him because Legacy is a, is is one of the biggest effect shops in Hollywood, one of the b- biggest effect shops in the world, actually. Yeah, and it was huge, and I loved working there. And then working with, but but we d- we did a lot of things at Legacy. We didn't, didn't just do makeup. We did uh, a lot of suits. I my first two years at Legacy, I was making suits for. Uh, Avengers and Spider-Man and Suicide Squad and and all these different movies that we were making superhero suits. And then we also did a lot of puppets. And then I went to Fusion and it's almost exclusively makeup, particularly old age makeup, which is one of the hardest makeups to do. So Mm -hmm. I got to learn a whole new way of thinking 
working at fusion effects that I didn't get when I was at, at legacy. So, um, but yeah, I bounce around shops quite a bit. I'll bounce around from shop to shop and I'll, the, usually the shops are pretty good about letting me take side work and do makeup on the side, just, just to kind of like a uh, feed my own creativity. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gotta be so amazing to just, um, to work with all these, you know, companies that, um, kind of expand your mind on what's possible but yeah also the are sort of leading the innovation with like you know going into the future of special effects yeah um, yeah 3d modeling to yep. you know um i don't know all the different uh um animatronics that are being developed out there it's like being yeah sort of that the new age techniques and and being able to to learn from that it's got to be amazing yeah, it was, it was, it was great. Like I, I learned something from everybody that I work with, but in particular working at Legacy and working at Fusion, I learned so much because at Legacy, I learned, Legacy was at the forefront of like 3D printing and what can they do with digital and, and all this stuff. And it was just so great to actually see rapid prototyping and, you know, growing all these different parts. And it was just amazing to see. And then I go to a shop like Fusion, which does not have the budget that Legacy had, that did not have the money that Legacy had behind it. So it forced us to be innovative in a different way. How can we make this faster? How can we make it better? How can we do this with a much smaller amount of money? And so it forced us to be even more creative and more innovative with the things that we're making. How can we take this two and a half hour makeup and make it go on in 15 minutes? And we, and we would do that. We would have to do that. How do you make an old age makeup go on faster? Because production, the productions that are hiring us don't have the budget that Marvel does. So how do we, how do we get this old age makeup done in 15 minutes when it should take two and a half hours? How do you prosthetics for three days? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. That's always the, the crazy challenge when you're on a budget. Um, and working with prosthetics because it's uh, it's do or die, you know. Yeah. You, you don't you have it's like film. You only have so yep. much to work with, and then it's it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I've definitely had that conversation budget wise, where yeah. we're trying to manage like how much are we going to actually buy, you know, in silicon, and it's yeah, uh, it's it's a challenge. Yeah, it it is because like you you don't want to you want to give the 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 you want to give production the best that you possibly can but there is limitations that come with makeup effects and that the fact that you know like it it's it's time too it's not just the cost of materials but it's also if you get your actor in they have to show it three hours beforehand while they're in the chair and then you also have to account for the amount of time that's going to take to get them out of the makeup at the end of the day Oh yeah, um, and you have to have a plan. You have to have a plan for that with location, with the actors. Yeah. You can't surprise people with that. Exactly, exactly. So see why I, I I don't agree with it on everything. I see why people start going more digital because you can make a decision after the fact. You don't necessarily need to be locked into what this makeup is. You don't have to be locked into the time constraints. Yeah, but I've worked with many many directors, the many many. Uh, producers and writers that love practical and a lot of actors that love practical makeups whether it's an old age makeup or a creature or, or whatever they love having something tangible something that they can actually see something that they can act against they like having that there so it just kind of it it does depend on on budget but i've also had a lot of directors fight for it. no i've had directors say whatever you need 
I just give me a blank check and just said, make what you want. I am hiring you because I trust you. And yeah. to me, that's the highest form of a compliment that I can get from production is when they say, we trust you. We trust that you will get it done in the proper amount of time. We trust that you are not going to you know, price gouge us and try and, and charge more. We trust that you are going to do a good job. To me, that's the biggest compliment. That's yeah, what you're, I try you're, to do. You're, kind of, like, to be you're kind of like a mechanic. Like, you, you know, you take the car, yeah. the mechanic, you don't really know what's under the hood that's broken or how it's going to be, what the parts are. You know, it's like yeah. you have to trust that you're not going to, you know, take us to the cleaners with like um, filling up your kit with all the stuff that you may or may not need. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. That makes some, sense. And, yeah. And sometimes there's not, you know, you're building a prototype. Like when we were doing Shape of Water, you know, there wasn't a full body suit with animatronics and everything that actually had to work in salt water and chlorine water before so it's like there's no nothing that we could refer back to to try and figure out oh well they did this and this and this and that we had to like figure it out on our own and oh like, wow ho hopefully it works hopefully it doesn't break on set i didn't even think about that like how the water would affect the the yeah the costume wow so what was the yeah. process like for shape of water uh for shape of water we it was a full it was a sculpted suit uh it was Mike Hill, Glenn Hans, Mario Torres did a beautiful job sculpting it. And then it was uh, the full, the, the torso and the arms were uh, foam latex. That was a foam latex suit. The face was foam latex. And then certain parts, Shane Mayhem, who was the, the main uh, guy that was keying that show, one of the owners of, of uh, Legacy Effects, he uh, was insistent that we incorporate silicone into the suit in some parts to give it that fish-like translucency. So the fins were all silicone. Because silicone's translucent. You can actually see light through it. Foam is opaque. So you can't see anything. Oh, uh, so that was the combination? Uh, that's yeah. Important. Yeah. Yeah, so we made the fins that way because foam latex is very, very tough. And we knew that if it was going to be in, the, in and out of the water all the time, it needed to be a very, very durable suit. But if it and if it was if it were silicone, it'd be too heavy. It just wouldn't have worked. So he still wanted to incorporate uh, translucent elements to it, so that way, when like the most notable part is at the last scene of the movie, where he's standing above the the bad guy and yeah. he's lit back lit and standing in this very heroic pose. You can see the light going through his armpit webbing and through his gills and all that stuff. And so it looks like he's really wet all the time, but he's not. There's just points of interest on his body. Wow. Um, yeah, I think we made a total of three suits, and they got pretty banged up. I remember, because um, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah, I, we made three suits, and I was in the foam room. I was in the foam department helping make all those appliances. And then when they were doing reshoots, they sent some of the suits back. And I was working on, I think I was working on Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War at the time. I was painting, painting Nebula and Drax prosthetics, and they brought the suit back in. One of the suits back in, they're like, "Hey, we need to do reshoots. We're, uh, we need you to uh, not me, but uh, the paint department head, Ryan Pintar. They needed Ryan to repaint the suit, and so Ryan called me over, like, "Hey, Ken, do you want to come over and help me repaint the Shape of Water suit?" I'm like, "Of course, I'd I'd love to." So I go over and we we look at it, and we, it was like came out like a almost like a body bag, this big black bag. We unzip it, and it's just like ripped to shit, and the paint's coming off, and like, it would look like it, it looked like it had been in the water for days and days and days, and Ryan and I are just looking at each other, and he's just like, alright, we better get to work. I mean, Doug Jones did an amazing job in that movie, but he really pushed the suit to its limits, and that's something that I want to talk about, too, is that 
our makeup that we do, no matter what it is, is completely useless unless the actor uses it. So we also don't want to restrict the actor. We don't want to make percent Yeah, because the actor's movement is what really is kind of sells the look. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I've... D- I've done makeups and I've put makeup on people's faces and they, you know, bless them, you know, they don't want to mess up the makeup so they don't move very much because they don't want to mess up the makeup. Then I have other actors who I put the makeup on and then I have to redesign the makeup because they're so expressive and there's so much movement and they're really trying to push the makeup. Because when you have a makeup on, you have to express through the makeup. So maybe like a subtle thing that you normally do doesn't really read underneath the makeup if you, if you do a small gesture maybe it doesn't read because you have you know a pound of rubber on your face so we try to be as production friendly as possible but also be actor friendly too to not have them in makeups for too long of a time or um things that are uncomfortable or restrictive to them um one thing that i can think of for that was like uh when we were doing drax the drax makeup for guardians of the galaxy 2 um we ended up making the whole bodysuit out of uh, prosthetic transfers brian sight was the lead for that and um it got the makeup on i think the fastest time they got it down to like an hour a little over an hour to get them in a full body makeup wow. which it took several hours before on the first movie it took it took substantially large longer time and it was just more comfortable for him to wear so sometimes we'll redesign a makeup to make it more comfortable for the actor as well it makes total sense because it's like they're going to be in it for eight hours yeah, least, and it's like the, yeah, I, I mean, it's like um, their performance is gonna. It's like, what's the point if they're if they're gonna be miserable and it's gonna affect their performance? Then, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we try to try to make it as 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 comfortable for the actor as possible, which is something else as as a makeup artist that you have to learn how to do too is how to be really good at dealing with te- not only with with production but also dealing with talent because you as the makeup artist, we're usually the first one that the actor sees in the morning. So the very first thing that the actor sees when they come in, when they're tired and, you know, they, they don't really want to sit in, for, in your chair for an hour and a half to have stuff glued to their face, you know, you have to be able to, like, you know, be a personable person. And then you're following them throughout the whole day, you know, because yeah. you you know, you're constantly touching their face and making sure nothing's lifting and, you know, making sure the color, the paint isn't coming off. You have, so. to, build, you have to kind of build trust, I guess, early on with them. Yeah, you do. You have because you always want to have the actor on your side, no matter what. I've worked with um, uh, several actors who have been very, very good to me and and pushed for me to get more time if they know that you know maybe I'm a little bit behind on something today. They're like, you know, oh, don't worry about it. I'll talk to production. It'll be okay. You know, you really want to make sure because again, we're the first one that they see. Sometimes I've done makeups. Uh, I've done a lot of the Jack Links commercials the messing with Sasquatch commercials oh, and wow. we're fought. What's that? I said, Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are a lot of fun. And the yeah. actor who's in it, Doug Tate, good friend of mine. Um, but it's always funny. Like whenever we would show up on set because we're with Doug in the morning and then we'd follow Doug all the way out. And sometimes we'd have to feed him like a baby Yeah, because you know, we we, he can't see himself when he's eating. So we'd have to like spoon feed him. And then yeah. we were sitting, you know, in between takes, he sits down and we're giving him water and we have fans on him, you know, cause we're our, the actor's comfort is our main thing. So Absolutely. you really want to build that trust. Yeah. They want to feel, you know, they want to feel safe. 
I working think, with you. you want to be plus you want to be upfront with them and maybe like let them know what the experience is going to be like wearing it yeah what the ideas or plan is for how you're going to make it easy for them yeah so yeah they, totally have, they under they know the expectation yeah i mean because without that it's like i'm you're in for a long day it seems like yeah exactly you want to make sure that they know what they're going to be in for but they also you also want to let them know as, as much as this is going to suck i'm always going to be here and i'm going to make sure that you're comfortable i'll make sure you get whatever you need i've had a lot of times where i'm like do you need a chair and then i'll go to the ad hey the actor needs a chair or they need water or they need to take a break. I'm calling a 15 minute break right now, regardless of what you say, they want to feel like you are going to go to bat for them because they don't want, you know, you know, they don't, actors don't want to be the bad guy. So sometimes the makeup artist has to be the bad guy and say, Oh no, they're going to take a 15 minute break right now. They are tired. They're going to sit down. I'm sorry if it's going to piss everybody off, but they are my actor. I want to make sure that they're okay. And sometimes yeah, it's, good. And it's, it's like, like it's, it's so nice when you do that. Cause it's like such a relief for the actors that they don't have to do that exactly exactly and, and that's that's what i try to be too because i've had i you know I've, I've done jobs where i've had a bunch of makeup artists working with me and i'll have actors literally come and say um i don't want that person touching my face anymore because that makeup artist was a little bit too aggressive you know when they were in the chair or maybe they just you know were kind of rude or, or kind of had crude sense of humor and you don't want to be that you want to be as production friendly as possible and make the actors feel good because you know, you, you ha there has to be that trust there. They have to know that they can, they can go to you if they have a question or something's uncomfortable. So you want to make sure that you are very personable. Because I know a lot of really good makeup artists that don't work because they have really bad personalities. And I have some makeup artists myself. You know, we're just okay. You know, I'm not a great makeup artist and I don't pretend to be. I'm not amazing. But I get along with everybody pretty well. And that's sometimes the better thing that people want is who is somebody that you'd want to spend time with and he's somebody that actor and actors in production are going to hang out with. So you have to have a pretty, yeah. pretty laid back personality. I, I think the, uh, exactly. I think the whole thing is like, no matter, and, and you know, this probably better than I do working on bigger studio projects. You're there's so many limitations, you know, yeah. there's a limitation with time. There's a limitation with yep. budget. There's a limitation with uh, the actors, the energy level. And, and it's like, yep. Um, we're all kind of in this together. And if it's like, if, if you're that person, now it's like, well, this is what I need or else it's not going to work. Then yeah. There's no, there's no solve for that. It's just like, we're all fucked. <laughs> yeah. 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 You have to be a team player. You, you can, you can, you can be a pain in the ass or you can try to be like, look, it's like you said earlier, what's the solution? How can we fix that? I want to hear, I don't want to hear excuses. I want solutions. Okay. Yeah. Cause we don't have the money. Then what's, what's a look that we can make? make with you know the, the 25 cents that we do have to spend yeah exactly exactly maybe there's an idea for that yeah you know there's always a way to try and make it work if you have more money of course the better that it's going to look obviously the more money that you put behind it, the better it's going to look but but uh I, oh there was a there was a time when i was actually on set recently for something like that we they wanted these like tentacles to like come up this guy's leg and like pull him down into the sand or, or something like that and they're like can you do that i'm like no, I can't. Like, if you want like <laughs> mechanical tentacles, it's going to cost a lot of money. Like, yeah. Well, and so they asked, well, what what can we do? I'm like, well, okay, this is what we can do. We can. Uh, we, um, I referred back to uh, a movie that I absolutely love, uh, Evil Dead. Oh yeah. Where in Evil Dead, where she's getting pulled through the the woods and the vines are crawling up on her face. Um, they shot it in reverse. They just put the vines on, 
and then they pulled them and then they played it in reverse and it looked like the vines were crawling up her face. I'm like, we'll just do that. And it costs, you know, five cents. I just took some tentacles and wrapped it around his leg. We pulled it down. They played it back in reverse and it looked like they were crawling up his leg. There's always a, there's always a way to get around. That's the the, limitations. And that's always the best part of filmmaking, in my opinion, is, is yeah. like, it, on top of that, it's like, you know, the experience that you have, that's the, you know, that's also such a value that you bring to the table. Even if you're yeah. not the ultimate, you do, you've made a, uh, you've had a ton of days on set. You've made a lot of mistakes. You've learned a lot of things. Yeah. Away, and like that, that has so much value. And it's like, so nice when you're on set with people that um, have that experience and also, um, you know, willing to roll up their sleeves and figure it out. Yeah, exactly. You always want to be a team player. You always want to be somebody that's willing to. That's that's just what I like to do. But that's like, like saying, a perfect. That's a perfect example. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was collaborative too, because then I had to work with the lighting guys. I had to work with costumes to make sure that we could put Velcro onto the tentacles, so that way it would stay up for that amount of time. And and had to work with the grips because we had to rig a special stage for it. And it it took maybe a matter of twenty minutes, but we were able to like work together and do this shot that looks like a million dollar shot and actually costs nothing to do um yeah. so that's the fun part i like collaborating you know I, I do a lot of indie movies just because i like working on independent movies and i you know i like working on big budget movies and I, I've, I've worked on my share of them and i've worked on a lot of sets for big budget movies and it's fun it's a good time but there's just something about working on an independent production where yeah. even though my my tag says makeup it doesn't mean that oh, I'm gonna just do makeup. Maybe today was, they need an I extra. I was just gonna say, you- like on an yeah. indie film, like on a studio project, you know your job is you're gonna do it. Yeah. On an indie project, you're like, I have no idea where this day is going. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I when I, they I, lose I, this location and be out in like the LA River shooting the final scene illegally. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that's what I love. I love that guerrilla filmmaking where I've been on yeah. sets and I've been. I start my morning as the makeup artist and then I'm the script supervisor and then I'm an extra and now I'm doing lighting and now I'm doing the clap. Like I love that feeling of renegade filmmaking. I just love, there's something about that that I just can't get on like working on big, bigger budget things. And I like the bigger budget things too, because there's, you know, an aura and a prestige about it, but I love down and dirty guerrilla filmmaking. That's, that's my biggest passion is doing, doing low budget, you know, up 24 hours shooting because we don't, well, you we only really, have the location really, for a day. Yeah, you're really depending on a lot of people and like you're, yeah. everyone is sort of depending on each other mm-hmm. and, and you, and if you are lucky enough to have a, like a positive group of people that yeah. are, are in good spirits and you know, there's not a lot of like superfluous uh, bullshit happening, you know, then yeah. it's like you can really mix it's like true art. You're really yeah. collaborating on a high level. And yeah. I don't you, anything better than that. No, to me, I always view it as, as summer camp. You know, you go yeah. on a, a production for three weeks and all of a sudden you're, you have to be fr- best friends with everybody. Cause you're going to be living with each other for three weeks, working with each other for three weeks. So you have to get along. And it, it's just like summer camp. You go, you make a bunch of friends that some of them you'll never see again, but hopefully you'll stay in contact. And to me, that's why I do it is to collaborate and get to meet people and, and just be around that. I don't, I didn't get into makeup to just be the best makeup artist. I wanted to, to collaborate with artists in the best way that I can express myself. And the way that I like to express myself is through makeup. And that allows me a chance to collaborate with writers, directors, actors, grips, DPs, 
you know, everybody. I just want to be a part of that process. And there's no better way to do that. I feel there's no better film school than just doing a bunch of independent movies. That was, that's how I learned how to do makeup. I didn't go to makeup school. I didn't end up going to makeup school. I made independent movies. I worked on independent film sets from the time I was 17 all the way to when I moved out here. And then I kept working on independent movies because I just, I like working on low budget independent things. It's stressful, but it's what I like to do. It's where I feel at home. That's where I feel the most comfortable. I don't feel super comfortable on big budget film sets. I always feel kind of a little out of place. I like independent in the guerrilla renegade filmmaking. Oh man, you are you are speaking my language, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could not like I could not agree more. I mean, um, you know, I I I moved out to LA and kind of had like a a hunger to go and make yeah. stuff. And so yeah. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't go to film school. I just really just wanted to like, you know, uh, tell a story and go get it made. Yeah. And uh-huh. um, and it's, I started with that and like no idea to then kind of putting the piece together and figuring it out. But, you know, and then, I, you know, after like 15 years or so, you kind of or whatever, you get to a place where it's really not about what you're, my driving force is, isn't the most important. It's, it's uh, you know everyone involved and in how we could all make something awesome together. Yeah, really the best part of it, and it's like there's no better place that I feel at home. Also, in in that scenario, uh, all day long, and I, I think that that's sort of the 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 ultimate difference between a studio movie and an indie driven movie. It's like, it's like studio movies are are such an operation. Everything's yeah. thought out. And there's a person for everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's like it's also uh, usually designed by committee. There's there's a bunch of different hands, and it becomes a very sterile product because it's been focus grouped over and over again. And there's a million yeah. different producers that everybody has their own idea, and it stops becoming. You know, there's something to those movies like Taxi Driver and Midnight Cowboy and all those because there was it was just a bunch of kids having fun with a camera, you know, and telling a story. Yeah, and everyone kind of like I think you know there's a hierarchy with like you know the director is the kind of like has the final say of like the driving force behind the vision, but yeah. while you were on set, everyone is sort of like chiming in on ideas or collaborating. It's very open, almost like open sourcing uh, yeah. creativity, and, and and you know we're and it's like you all kind of feel very comfortable with each other, and that's the summer camp element that is yeah just incredible and yeah. Um, and there's, you know, and, and there's so many talented people um, mm-hmm. across so many different departments to see everyone like operating at their best, all like aligned within one vision. You know, it's just like magic happening. It's like you can feel it. And I always yeah. say this, but I feel like you, when you have that, you know, that energy, that right kind of magic happening, I feel like you can see that you can feel that on in like at the end product, like the movie, you feel that in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can't, it's something that you cannot explain because like you said, it's, it's magic. You can't explain it. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no science. On, this is what makes this movie great. It's, it just has it. It either has it or it doesn't. Yeah. And there's just something to me, that's the purest form of magic that I can think of is, is that, and you can't replicate it. You can't put it in a bottle. You can't, you know, there's no, you can't go to film school and learn how to have that. You just, it, it just needs to happen. And it sometimes it's just lightning in a bottle. 
And if you're lucky enough to work those people again, and you know, that's why some directors will always hire their same crew back again. Cause they want to keep replicating that magic over and over and over. Absolutely. Again. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, on top of that, it's like you work with the same people over again, you have like a, a shorthand, you know, absolutely. Like, yeah. With the costume department, with uh, G and E, you know, it's like, we're all, uh, another summer at camp, we're all back together again. And it's like, yeah. it's so easy to communicate. You like all the, those like um, initial barriers are already broken. And it's, that's yeah, like, that in itself on an indie film saves a lot of time. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. To know each other face. Yeah. It's already, it's already been established. Like we all, we already have our inside jokes. We already have, you know, our, our little references that we make to each other. Like, yeah, I'm, no I'm a pretty, to... I'm a pretty like neurotic producer. Like, yeah, and we'll be like, are you, you know, like we want to figure out, like, like you were saying, like, with with the look, if is it going to be full body or if is it going to be just showing the hands with a long sleeve shirt? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you in a conversation with a costume designer, and you're like, I'm already talking to her. We've already got a plan. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that's yeah. what that's what is really cool is when like you don't have to keep putting people together. That's like. The conversation, the communicate, the line of communication is well established, and yes. that that yes. is so beneficial. Totally. Um, let's go make a movie right now. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I know it's I'm so ready to get back on set again. My goodness. Yeah, same, same. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm having fun. I'm just playing like a bunch of Resident Evil with my, my with my fiance, which is fun. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm I'm kind of ready to like go back to like you know go back to work yeah i mean what what do you do like on uh when you're not working in terms of like uh or, or spending your time is it are you or do you kind of like keep testing stuff out or is it uh like research or is it you know uh um, of your craft yeah i'm i'm one of these guys that like i'm kind of annoying because i am so obsessed with makeup and everything that's involved in it that even on my days off I'm, I have to like sculpt something or do a test makeup like my girlfriend now you know my, my fiance I keep saying girlfriend but my fiance <laughs> um, you know I'm like oh great now we're stuck in here together so now you have to let me do makeups on you so oh my I'm god like, yeah so gluing stuff to her face and doing beauty makeups and you know or, or you know just doing that and once you get sick of that I'll, I'll put in another you know special effects DVD and learn how to make something or you know, I'm, I'm always trying to get better at everything that I do. I'm always trying to like, I don't know, I'm just completely obsessed with it. They're, they're, I'm just, and, and I think it's because as, as a makeup artist, and I can't speak for every department that's on a film set, but speaking as a makeup artist, it's a very lonely, <clears throat> lonely life because you're, you know, sometimes you have a deadline and I don't get to come home. I just call my girlfriend and say, hey, you know, um, they, this shoots in three days and we don't have enough time. So I'm going to sleep at the shop tonight. And I sit yeah. and sculpt for hours by myself. And then I mold it by myself. And then I go to set by myself and I do the makeup and I'm all happy. And then I come home and she's not there because she had to go to work the next day. And I worked all night. So I'm by myself the whole day. It's a very lonely life. So when, I, I think that to be a good makeup artist, you do have to be somewhat obsessed with it because it is very lonely. You miss a lot of things. You miss weddings. You miss funerals. You miss birthdays because, you know, production needs you there. Like if, if, if you know, this oh, yeah. movie shoots on this I day. I think people appreciate the amount of time you spend in pre-production, you know. Yeah, exactly. To get, to get something ready to film. And it's, yeah. 
it's a it's a i'm sure it's a huge undertaking each project yeah it is i mean like on guardians 2 i was there at six o'clock in the morning and i'd work until sometimes eight o'clock at night and that was an everyday thing and then going on the weekends because we just didn't have time and it wasn't something that was asked of me to do it was just something that like this needs to get done and this is what's going to have to happen to get done and you end up sacrificing a lot of a lot of things for that unfortunately my fiance i mean she's i mean she's been with me since i was 14 years old we met in high school so like she understands what it's like and she understands you know this is the life that we chose to like live together because she's also a makeup artist as well so she i'm somebody that kind of understands but it's it's very frustrating can be very difficult for for a lot of people to to just constantly be working and have work completely you know engulf everything that you do because at any time like when i was at legacy i spent all day doing a whole you know paint job and paint scheme of of something where i did a prosthetic i came home i'd worked all day like i said got back at nine o'clock i did, i get a call hey ken the makeup artist that was supposed to go to set with this isn't going to be there can you be on set at one o'clock in the morning yeah i'm like yeah sure no problem and i pack yeah. my kit and then i drive there and it's like well i was gonna go i don't I, I can't say well i was gonna go have dinner with my girlfriend right now <laughs> yeah sure i'll be i'll be right there don't worry about it I'll i had a grocery tonight so you know yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah i can't do that so it's like okay i, I gotta go so yeah i i i am constantly obsessed with the business because i it's just all that i know how to do now it's this or go back to working at a hallmark card shop and i probably will end up back working at a hallmark card, card shop one day because i'm not not a very good makeup artist so one day i will probably end up working at a hallmark again. <laughs> one day when they but, figure me out <laughs> yeah yeah nobody's figured it out yet but as soon as they do i will be working at a hallmark college card shop again, well i think that, i think that's the truth is like uh you're just so great at hallmark cards now I think yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it's my true calling <laughs> I mean, it's just so evident in this conversation. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think, you know, the, the idea of like mastering your craft, it's like, yeah, I think that's like, uh, you know, what is it like, uh, the like the chasing the uh, tail or whatever, but it's like, yeah, you're never going to really like reach that point of like, where you're like, all right, I've, I've mastered it. It's impossible. And I think yeah. every position on a film set or TV set, is sort of in that same scenario where you're never really going to like be like, well, I've, I've completed my task. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've yeah. done with it. I've figured it out. I think you're always like challenged. Yeah. And cause you never know what's going to be coming up next where you think, okay, nothing is good. That's something that I talked to uh, my boss, Steve Crowdy about quite a bit is that every job feels like it's the hardest job you've ever done. And then you yeah. get the next job. So let's not be angry all the time. Let's not be frustrated. Like, let's try to be happy because every job is going to suck. No matter what it is, at some point, it's going to drive you crazy. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to be difficult. I, when we were, I can't remember what movie. Oh, we were doing Suicide Squad, X-Men Apocalypse, and Captain America Civil War at Legacy all at the same time. Wow. So, yeah, we had three huge shows going at the same time. And a good friend of mine, uh, Paul Mejias, brilliant sculptor who's worked on jurassic park terminary he's just a, an amazing guy he came to me and said super ken that's my nickname that they gave me they gave me the nickname super ken they go super ken yeah. um yeah he's like you know it, it, taking you know just imagine we all knew each other 
our whole lives. Say that we, we all grew up with each other and we were all drinking buddies and we we're all best friends. Ima imagine that everybody got along. This job would still be hard. This job would still have days that would suck. So let's not make it more difficult for anybody else. So don't come in with a bad attitude. Don't come in upset because this job is going to be hard enough. Even if we were all best friends, this job would be hard. That we're is, not all that best is, friends. That is incredible advice. Yeah, it is. And so that's why it's like, okay, well, we have to, you know, we have to make sure that we're, we're making sure that everybody's having a good time as, as best as we possibly can. Because it is hard. It's super stressful at times. It's and, a, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's a fear of, like, not pulling it off or a feel or, yeah. of, like, a failure in terms of, like, quality or the expectations not going to – and those are, like, mega movies. And so yeah. I can only imagine the amount of pressure. But it's, like, you know, that's also, like, the dream in itself is being able to, like – put yourself in that scenario and succeed exactly and that's that's what makes it worth it is when it, we're finally able to say yeah look we did it you know and we did it as a team it wasn't just one person it's all of us collectively did this thing together and so let's try to make it as as fun as possible and that's what i try to do when not when i'm in the shop when i'm in a special effects shop and i'm i'm leading something or i'm even a, a, a partner on the team or if i'm just being hired as a sculptor, I want to make sure that I'm making everybody's life a little bit easier. Same thing when I go to set. We're all a team, so I'm not going to make any. I'm not going to come in with any ego. I'm not going to come in and try to make anybody's job harder because this job is already difficult. It's long yeah. hours. We're all over. So let's just all try to get along and have a good time. Yeah, exactly. And 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 know like you know people's boundaries. Like yeah. You know. Uh, maybe this person's like really frustrated over something. It's not a good time to like go and fuck with them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, um, that's in a weird way. The, the best part about this is like, you know, are those moments where you're like, we're, we're all like put to the test and I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And I feel like 10 out of 10 times it does, but you know, there is that one time where it doesn't and it, like, haunts you. And it's like, yep. God, that, you know. If I would have done had this, a few I should have done like, this. Yeah. I definitely had a few projects where I'm like, I wish we would have done it this way instead of that way. Yep. But, but that, but but also that's what helps with the future projects. We're like, well, we could yeah. do that. But, you know, 18 years ago, I tried that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that was uh, something that another makeup artist that I, I really looked up to told me he told me the difference between me and you is that i have failed more times than you have ever attempted yeah and i'm like huh you're right i should practice more i should keep making mistakes and it's good to make mistakes it is and i it, it's easy to get you know disgruntled by it but you know when you make a mistake you learn from it yeah it is and 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 that's uh and you know it's valuable um yeah and that's part of your like you know uh your portfolio of value when you go into a project it's like yeah not only is it like your skill set but it's also like everything you failed at <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that, gonna, that you know is not gonna work you can say that ahead of time instead of like having this project be the guinea pig yeah exactly yeah because it's you know it's um I'm sure it's like you're kind of going to the abyss. You, you know, you know kind of how it's going to look, but until you actually do it, you don't mm -hmm. really know. Yeah, 
exactly. Sometimes we'll design something and like, all right, it looked great on paper. It looks great in the shop. And then you take it to set and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work for whatever reason. The color doesn't look the same as we thought it was going to. And, you know, the, the, the scene that we thought was going to be the big scene, it's like, it actually kind of falls flat. It's like, ah, uh, okay. And then there are other times where I've shown up on set. I'm like, this is garbage. This is horrible. I can't believe I'm bringing this to set. And then again, the whole team comes together and they make it this amazing thing. We all collaborated and ended up like, hey, look, it ended up working. You know, I didn't have to, I didn't have to, you know, stay up those two nights not sleeping, just panicking. It's and funny. Eating, it's funny. My nails it's, off. Almost, it's almost like the insurance policy. Like, yeah, it's like you do have something that you're like, fuck, this is not going to work, man. I yeah. never yeah. do this. You know, you have like 30, 40, like brilliantly creative people to like, yeah. you know, from the cinematographer to the gaffer to the costume designer that yep. can like figure out some solutions to, to help you or to help, exactly. help the scene. You know, or yeah. after the way, maybe, they, maybe the way they play it is going to be effective with, with the, you know, the movement of the prosthetic. And it's like, yeah. You know, you're not dead yet. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I guess once it's like wrapped, then you're like, that looked like shit. Then, yeah. you know, you're kind of dead in the water, but. Yeah. But then other, like, I said, yeah. <laughs> but like you said, other times it's like, you know, it ends up working out great. There was, there was a time where I'd done, I'd done a makeup and the chin was falling off at the end of the day. <laughs> at the end of the day, there was like, chin was falling off. And we just didn't have, I didn't have time to go up and touch it up. It just couldn't there just wasn't time to go back in and do it i kept trying to jump in but like you know we, we 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 have a hard out we have to get it and the actor saw the panic in my face <clears throat> and so for the scene it was like a dialogue scene he, he put his hand you know over the chin to like cover it up and it ended up looking great in the scene like it just gave it just it needed that little extra oomph to it and it was out of necessity because his fucking chin was falling off so he <laughs> held it on with his hand and it the director came over to me he's like ken i'm so glad that chin didn't hold the whole day because that's what needed to happen in that one particular scene wow. he needed to put that over and it's like great awesome thank you that is awesome <laughs> yeah so it was it was the actor seeing what i what you know the peer, fear in my face and then the director not knowing exactly what the scene was missing and it just lightning in a bottle just a happy accident that happened yeah I mean, you know, on some sets it could have been like a uh, a director been like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> what is yeah, wrong exactly. with you? And then like, yeah, it's like you know, goes back and sits in his car and is like, "Guys, this whole thing's ruined." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think having that positive attitude is like uh, contagious. It and, is, and and that is a secret ingredient to a successful shoot is other people having a, well, we can figure this out attitude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we'll make it work. Don't worry about yeah. it. Everything is fixable. It's going to be okay. Yeah. We're not curing cancer. We're making movies. And if, we're, if you're not having fun making a movie, then you should leave because it should be about making movies. We get to play make-believe, you know, know. for a job. It's, I've, I, I've learned this so many times as a producer, like, uh, over the years, like, where a department head will come up to me with, like, this huge fire and then yeah. I'm just going to a huge fire and then I'll get a phone call with like, you know, insurance or something. And then like 45 minutes later, they're like, oh, we figured it out. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and nine <laughs> times out of 10, usually like it all works out like these fires. And sometimes I'm just yeah. like, let it play out and then it works out. And not to say, yeah. that, you know, um, I, I want to leave people hang, but it's more about like, um, 
you have to just trust the process and like work yeah. with what you have. And, and, and I think a lot of times, like I would spend so much time freaking out over that one fire that yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give it the opportunity for us to like find a creative solution for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just let it happen naturally. Yeah. And usually, you know, there's so many creative people on a set that somebody, you know, whether it's like maybe a props department has an idea for, you know, yeah. how to mm-hmm. make working costumes. And it's like, oh my God, yep. just because they're mm-hmm. like at the crafty area with you while you're talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, I have a light up hat that will like, you know, deflect from the ugly jacket that the actor doesn't like. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Know. But it's, there's always something that can be a solution. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's that's definitely the fun of indie filmmaking. Yep, you don't get that on a. I'm I'm sure that you do on some on some big budget movies, but on indie filmmaking, like I said, every department is your department, no matter what it is. I worked on a movie uh, this October, and we had a producer who was also the cook, and he was a really good cook, but he was also a stand-in. He's also the script supervisor. Oh, like my God. he. And I and I love that. I love that people are willing to just jump in and do everything instead of well, no, that's not my department. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that's not my department. And sometimes like on a big budget thing, it's a union issue, and I get that. But like on a on an indie movie, I love the idea of well, I was starting out doing makeup today, but now I'm doing costumes because the pants ripped, and I need to I can sew, so I'm gonna help sew, and now I'm gonna go do the dishes because they need clean plates. We all passed out. As soon as we got back from set yesterday, like I like that collaborative. That, there's only process. one thing I won't do, and that's like uh, have like makeup prosthetics put on me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and be like a featured background or something. Which there you I, go. I usually get there. thrown in as like a featured background, but if it's like nice, if there's a ton of makeup and stuff. Like I have to spend the whole day, and you know, <laughs> so that's where I like draw the line. <laughs> yeah, you're like ah no, keep yeah. those makeup artists away from me. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's, you know, on a studio film, it's our, our bigger budget film. I think you still can't have the same sort of spirit, you know, if you're really pushing the boundaries. But I feel like when you have, you know, and, and I haven't worked on something, you know, you know, like a Marvel movie, but I'm assuming yeah. you have uh, a ton of money. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. it becomes more of a like what you were saying more of a committee or, or, or uh, kind of focus and your hands are more tied than you know than you yeah. want to kind of like kind of like kind of uh, wheel and deal and like feel things out on set in real time yeah exactly and, and it's it's fun i like working on on those film sets um because i mean it's just great to see like you know giant sets built and you know these really cool average fight scenes and stunts like that but yeah it's not really you know it's 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 you know you you are a hired vendor and they hire you to copy the design that they want you to do and okay you you do that and it's just you know it's it's just different it's not better or worse it's just different you know, you, you show up on those sets and yeah, you know, everybody has their job and you're going to hit your mark exactly. And we're all going to go home. Okay, great. Awesome. Um, and I like that, you know, cause you know, when you go, when you work in a movie like that, if you start at nine, you end at this particular time because they have to, they have to make their days. Yeah. So you, there is no, uh, grace, you know, I'm calling grace for 30 more minutes. You keep calling grace for five hours, you know, like, <laughs> you know, there's none of that that's going to yeah. happen on those sets. 
but right. there is something charming to that actually happening on an indie set. You know, it's like you've been calling Grace for like three hours now. Like, when are we gonna go home? <laughs> we're in, we're in quadruple meal penalty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and we haven't had lunch yet. Yeah, um, we haven't had lunch. So <laughs> I guess I we're doing that today. Yeah, right. I guess we're not eating today. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a walking lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I don't think it's one is better or worse, like you're saying. I think yeah. it's two different animals. And it's, yeah. it's cool to be a part of both, I think, because mm-hmm. each one has their own sort of, you know, uh, it's it's almost like comparing like um, a music video to a commercial. It's like a separate beast. Totally, totally. And you have, people have things that they prefer. Um, but yeah, they're just, there's not better or worse it's just different i just prefer to work on independent movies because that's where i feel the most comfortable but mm-hmm. i do enjoy working on you know the bigger budget movies because it's fun how can you not you're getting to watch superheroes fight each other all day that's fucking cool so, but um yeah i do like i do like you know working on independent movies where i work best when i'm stressed <laughs> so i work best when i'm like how am i gonna do this and then you know pulling a rabbit out of your out of your hat i realized that that's my like process i think, I work the funny, best I think until you out. until you do both you don't really understand like you know like the the difference in a sense like yeah you know, in terms of like your specific position uh, uh-huh. but I, when i was produ- i produced uh, a couple studio films a few years ago and i just remember and i was also producing like uh, an indie thing at the same time and so nice. like one one day it was like you'd show up and set the shot hasn't gotten off. The actor's late. The you know, uh, yeah, a million things are happening. You know, uh, and you're just like putting out fire after fire, and I just I'm loving it. Like that's my element. And then yep. I had to go to the studio set, and I'd sit in Video Village, and I'd get up and be like, "What's going on with that?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's handled." And what's going on with this? That's been handled by this department. And what's going on with that? That you know, it's like there's 20 mm-hmm. people to handle this one thing, <laughs> and so yeah, I was just like stuck sitting behind video village which i guess is as a producer is a good thing because then you can focus on the scene but right. it seems so boring to me yeah and yeah. not that i'm unhappy about that i just i i like the action of it any yeah exactly you like to roll up your sleeves and get down and you know get down in the dirt and actually like get in there and work i mean that's that's exactly how i am it's like i like to get in it i don't like to just be you know there's some makeup artists who um don't make their own prosthetics you know they'll have somebody make it for them and then they get sent to set and then they apply it and that's fine you know there's nothing wrong with that but me as a makeup artist i like to do the dirty work i like to life cast the actor i like to sculpt the pieces i like to mold the pieces i like to run the pieces and i like to go to set and apply the pieces i like to do the entire process all the way through i don't want to be a makeup artist that you know doesn't do that i'll i'll hire somebody to do to to do that for me like i mean if i'm not capable of doing it then yeah of course i'll hire somebody better than me yeah but yeah like you have enough time to do it you don't need to yeah uh, to make it in the amount of like the two-day turnaround yeah exactly but but if you know if i can do it i want to because i want to be i i like being in the trenches that's just where i feel the most comfortable i like doing it and when i'm done with that you know then i'll retire but i i <laughs> still love doing it after all the, all these years i never really plan on retiring i just want to keep making more stuff right <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no retirement plan there's no retirement plan yeah. <laughs> um yeah exactly i i just you know and it's interesting how the the business is like 
you know, changing and it's like, how do you continue evolving with it? And it's like, you know, right now it's crazy because there's so much stuff being made, but yeah. also like the way things are being made is, is changed so fundamentally, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. like, um, uh, going digital or, you know, like, you know, 3d modeling or, you know, visual yeah. effects and, the amount of like technology that's now involved in film and it, it's interesting to see how like um audiences will you know uh take on to like you know going to more uh cgi or going into yeah. of uh synthetic type stuff where it's not yeah you know tangible practical stuff yeah so yeah, it, it is interesting. And and I, I'm I'm one of these makeup artists that doesn't hate CGI. I love CGI when it's done well. Um, because there are some things that it's a really great collab you know, collaborative uh process. Because, you know, I, I think a lot of times not a lot of times, some of the times, makeup artists and special effects people that are in my field will kinda look at the digital guys and see them as like the enemy. <clears throat> like they, yeah. they want to take our jobs and it's like <laughs> right. not really i mean we've, i've done a ton of commercials where i've had to make help make a bunch of puppets and the reason why the puppets look so good is that they're able to digitally remove the puppeteer puppeteering it you don't have to hide the puppeteer anymore and shoot it from certain spots you can literally go in and paint the puppeteer out so you get all this great movement without wow. being restricted by hover by covering something um yeah. also makeup um, makeup is a very is an additive process we are adding stuff to somebody's face so if you want to make somebody look smaller, you have to build out the cheeks and certain parts of the face even more to make them look smaller. But you're adding stuff to somebody's face. But yeah. with digital, you can go in and make them smaller. You can shrink their face. Um, the reverse aging makeups that they did in that Will Smith movie um, looked incredible. What they've been doing in the Marvel movies where they reverse age Samuel Jackson. And then at the end of Endgame, it was a, it was a, it was a combination of a makeup and digital to do the old age Captain America. It was a combination. Um, another thing that I like to use as reference is um, my, one of my favorite zombies, uh, Bicycle Girl, from the first season of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. They, did, uh, they cast the actor, and they covered her in, in, in makeup and prosthetics, and then they digitally removed her legs to crawl across the ground without having to build a special set where her legs were underneath or anything like that. They just literally painted her, her legs out. And that's, that's amazing. You but, were able to put those two things together. And I think that, that there's much more of a marriage now. That, that's the really exciting component is the marriage. Because I think, yeah. I think having both working in unison is such a force. Yeah. And by the way, Walking Dead, I mean, I used to have so much difficulty finding makeup artists because they just like hired everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. They, everything they did was practical, but they would have, you know, the, a bulk of the uh, industry's makeup artist. Yeah. Yeah. Believable. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge show. It was a huge show and still a huge show. And, you know, I think that they've upped the game for like every season. The zombies kept getting better and better and better to the point where it's like, ah, fuck it. I'm not going to try and do anything new in zombies. Cause <laughs> They've already done it's it. It's been like, done on the walking. Yeah, event. why? Yeah. They've already perfected it. Like, I'm not going to keep trying. <laughs> I'm just going to copy their designs now. Right, yeah. I'm they're just going to copy what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're so good. I'm just going to stop. Yeah. Why well, do something better when they've already done it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's such a fascinating time. And I think that's a really good point. It's just the, the marriage of the two. 
Yeah. I feel like audiences love that. It's that, that is new. And I think if it's, if it feels too artificial, then I think it's tough for people to really engage. And, you know, I, um, yeah. I, I, a composer that I had on the, um, the podcast, um, on my last episode, yeah, uh, talking about with like using real musicians as opposed to samples because the yeah. real musicians, they have a human element to it where, you know, it's like an actor that's really feel something in the moment is so much more than just playing like a sample track. Yeah. And I think exactly. that's a kind of a, a simple association, but you know, I think that human element is so important. Totally. There's, um, have you seen the David Cronenberg's version of the fly? I don't, I, I, don't, I can't remember now. Okay. Well, there's this, in, in the, in the movie, <clears throat> Jeff Goldblum's character is putting things to a teleporter. Oh yeah. The, 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 oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize it was Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's a scene in the movie where Gina Davis, uh, where she comes over and Jeff Goldblum puts, a, uh, gives her a steak and she takes a bite of the steak and he, she, he's like, do you like it? And she, he's, she's like, yeah, it's good. And then he's like, okay. And he puts it in the uh, teleporter. And then gives her the steak again. She takes a bite and she spits it out. She's like, it tastes synthetic. I don't know. It just tastes bad. And he's like, because what happens is that when it goes through the teleporter, it breaks down all the molecules. And then the computer puts it back, re- reorganizes all the atoms and what it thinks that the food is supposed to be. But it can't understand taste. The computer cannot understand taste or feel or, or flavor. It has no idea of that. It can just put together what it thinks it's supposed to be. And that's why it tastes synthetic to her. And that's how I kind of feel about practical effects. When you look at it, it just feels synthetic. It doesn't look real. There's no emotion. There's no heart. There's no soul behind it because there's no human element in it. Um, so I think that the, the marriage between the two is really what needs to happen. Because when it's all digital, it just looks fucking horrible. It just looks, just looks bad. But when you right. incorporate some practical, no matter it, how it takes you, it, it, it takes you out of it. It does, it does. Which is why I I'm really fascinated by the idea idea of like motion capture now. Actually, taking a real actor's face, an actor's performance, and then putting, you know, making the digital creature or, or the 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 whatever it needs to be after the fact. Um, I think that that's really cool and that's really interesting to see. Yeah. Now you actually have a, what Andy Serkis is doing and like King Kong and all those and Gollum. You have a real actor's performance coming through. It's not, you know, a digital guy animating what he thinks sadness is supposed to look like. You actually get sadness from an actor. And, and I think really, that's really It really worked for Gollum. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. In a big way. I mean, it, yeah. I think that was a brilliant move. And uh, yeah, it's like an every, every, every character is different, but you know, I think yeah, motion capture is a huge benefit for just an actor to perform and not feel yeah. limited by, you know, this armor that he has on him or she has on her. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's, it's finding the right tool for the right job. You know, there's that saying, if all you use is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. So you have to choose the right tool for the right job. And sometimes motion capture is the way to go where I've done yeah. some movies. I'm like, look, you're going to want to go digital for this because yeah. we can't make that. I can't, yeah. I can't give you what you're asking for. And then there are other times where I'm like, you know, I think that a makeup should be better for this or a puppet should be better. Or we should use a guy in a suit. And then other times it's like a combination of both where it's like, look, we can build it from the waist up. And then digitally, you can put in these crazy spider legs because we can't make anything that can actually do that right now in the time and the budget that we have. So we can make the upper part 
and then digitally you can make the lower part. That's what we did in Jurassic uh, Jurassic World. We made the top half of the dying. Um, uh, I think it was a Brachiosaurus. I can't remember what, which one it was. Um, but we made the top half of it, and then they digitally made the body because we just didn't have the time to make the full body of this dinosaur. So we made the full front half for the actors to touch and feel and move and act and react against. And then the body was put in digitally after the fact. Uh-huh. Like that was, yeah. Save time and money. Yeah. It was, pick the right tool for the right job. That's it. I, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The right tool for the right job. I always had that conversation with like people that like argue with cameras. Where it's like mm-hmm. well, we gotta shoot the red. Well, you know we gotta shoot yeah. the Lexus. We got we should go DSLR. You know it's like it's it's uh what's the best look for the movie that tell the story the right way? You know it's like exactly all all those cameras kick ass, but which one is the one that's gonna benefit the story? And it's like yep. you know, and I, I think a lot of the times it's like um uh you know everything's kind of dictated by time and money, but but it's also dictated by coming in with a big idea or coming up with mm-hmm. a, um, a big idea that's a, a solution that's outside of the box. And, yeah. and that to me is like um, such a game changer, like to making movie magic, you know? And I think absolutely that that's like, uh, you know, having some, someone just like positive thinking about how they could figure it out in a, in a solution type dynamic, then, um, you know, you know who knows what can happen. <laughs> exactly. That's yep. the fun. You know, you That's kind of walk into the unknown. Absolutely. It's about serving the story. What can we do to make the story the best that we can tell? Exactly. With all of our limitations, with all of our lack of knowledge, with whatever, whatever, anything that is becoming a handicap for us, how can we, how can we make it better? What can we do? that nobody else can and, you know, accentuate the positives and then hide the negatives and pick the thing that's right for that job instead of, you know, cause you can, I could do a makeup and it could cost you know, thousands and thousands of dollars and run it all out of silicone just to say, <laughs> I did the whole makeup out of silicone. You know, and, but, <laughs> but why, but why did I feel the need to do that? Did it have to be that? No. You know, you look at something like, uh, like the movie darkest hour. Yeah, and uh, cause you did the makeup for that, and it's gorgeous. And as as beautiful as the makeup it, as it is, he didn't cover the actor in a ton of rubber. He put prosthetics in the exact place where it needed to be. I mean, he could have easily covered his whole face to look like Winston Churchill, but he didn't because he didn't want to lose the actor. And he put in the right place for the right job, and that's what needed to happen. And that to me is what makes the best artist, whether you're a makeup artist. A uh, cinematographer, a sound mixer, a costumer, whatever. It's did you serve the story? Did you just make it overly complicated just to say that you made it overly complicated? Or did you do what was needed there? You know, it's like a chef. Did you just throw a bunch of flavors into it just for shits and giggles? Or did a, maybe all a, it needed was a pinch of salt and that was it? There's a quote that I live by it's uh, those that argue over their limitations get to keep them. And that's a great quote. I, it's like it, it, I took an acting class and it was like above the stage, um, the Howard Fine Acting Studio 20 years ago. But, uh-huh. it, I, you know, from the like, as I entered Hollywood, like that statement has always like just rang true to me. It's like people that come in with like a preconceived notion that doesn't work, but they like double down on it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. 
that's yeah. their limitation. And it's like, you get, yep. to, you win, you get, you get that limitation. <laughs> yeah. There you, know? you go. There, there you, you go. go. So, yeah. and it's, you know, it's, um, it's, how do you grow? How do you serve the story when you're limiting yourself? And I think you're doing it. Exactly. Service. So, um, yeah. And it's like, uh, gosh, Kenneth, you're just such a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say five year contract? I think I meant ten. Ten. <laughs> yeah, I wish, yeah. I wish like that. That could be like the. Like, I wish like more people had that mindset because so many people have different mindsets going in of like what they want out of a movie. Maybe it's a million different things, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like the only thing that really matters is serving the story. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, and and you only have a finite amount of time to to pull it off. Yep. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's a challenge, but it's yeah. fun. Yep, that's the, we we wouldn't do it if we if it wasn't fun. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of times it's like it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Come home, you're pissed off. You're like God, and then the next day you have an amazing day, and the next day it's like all hell things fall apart. And it's like, yeah, I don't know what the hell's wrong with me, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just addicted to it. You don't know why, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's not even about like uh, you know, like releasing it. It's about like the the manufacturing of it. To me, is you know, and it's like that, yeah, that collaborative spirit to manufacture. To me, Mm -hmm. that is all that I really care about. You know, I if it's a successful movie, great. You know, I'm happy, and but it's really like just that that team that came. Did you have fun making it? Yeah, did you have fun making it? And I think that translates in the final product. Yep, absolutely. You can totally see it. It's just an unspoken, un... Yeah, you just can't put it into words. But you're like, yeah, you can tell that they had a good time working on that. You can just feel it. Yeah, exactly. You can. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we could, I feel like, talk for another, like, four hours. <laughs> 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 and uh, hopefully after this global pandemic, we, uh, we should uh, stay in touch. Dude, absolutely. I would love to do something with you. That, it would be so much fun. I've had a great time talking to you, man. Sounds like you and I have very similar views on the industry, and it's, uh, it's nice to meet somebody else who's like-minded. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, um, it's so intoxicating because it's like, once you do have, like, a, if we had, like, a, a script between us <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like we could really build on something great you know and hopefully i'm sure that will happen soon enough let's do it dude yeah when you're like holy shit i didn't realize we we're talking about this budget <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry podcast talk that was the podcast bro this is real life ah <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, we'll find something. <laughs> Sounds good, dude. Yeah. Um, well, thank you again, Kenan. I really appreciate, uh, you reaching. No out. worries. I'm so glad we got to do this. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me on, man. This was, this has been a blast, man. Thank you. Absolutely. And, uh, once again, everyone, this is, uh, Tales from the Crew. We will see you next time. Thank you so much.